Hey everybody, it's Timmy Gibson here with you for another episode coming your way with a great conversation with an old friend of mine, Lance Strickland. I say old friend, we've known each other, oh goodness, for maybe 20 years. His kids went to the same elementary school as my kids and we became acquainted that way and he was a pastor. Uh, for a short time during the same time when I was a pastor. So anyway, we, we connected years ago and have stayed in touch via social media and Facebook, of course. And uh, we recently caught up and I had a chance to have a great conversation with him about so many things. It, it's uh, a lot of spiritual, religious faith talk and, and then, of course, aliens, UFOs, life under the planets. Of course, we get into that because I love that. But without any further ado... I want to introduce to you one of my good friends and a great conversation that I had with Lance Strickland. Let me get to What's up, brother? How you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Hey, good. Yeah, welcome to the Timmy Gibson Show. Glad that you've agreed to uh, have a conversation with me. Well, I, you know, hopefully I don't look back on my life and think that this was the pinnacle of uh, life when I reached the Timmy Gibson podcast show. But <laughs> at this moment in time, I'm going to consider this uh, one of the, the major events of my adulthood. So, oh, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had, I had Jay Baker on here, the son of, uh, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. And it was funny because he was just on Larry King, not, oh, not to, not to, yeah. And I said, yeah. So you went from Larry King to the big time. <laughs> with Timmy Gibson. <laughs> oh That's man. Yeah. Awesome. No, seriously though, on, on a serious note, thank you so much for, for doing this. You and I, known each other for a bit, but just to let uh, my podcast listeners uh, kind of in on, on you, what's, uh, what's your story? What do you do? A little bit about your history, and then we'll, we'll start having some fun conversation. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, grew up here in the Kansas City area, you know, almost all my life, and uh, had a little bit of a wild hair at one point and, and moved to Arizona, but uh, moved back pretty quickly. I was only down there for you know, six months, but, um, you know, grew up in the church, uh, traditional, you know, Midwest values, you know, Baptist, uh, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, sure, you know, had certainly had my fair, uh, fair of uh, time, you know, being raised there in the church, but um, married now, been divorced, uh, three kids, and, um, I'm a uh, product owner. I work for, uh, been in kind of technology and, and products uh, most of my career. But, um, you know, as I think you and I will get into, I pastored for a short time. But after I left there, uh, went to a company and worked about three or four other places, but currently at the uh, Federal Reserve um, and, and enjoying my role in time there. Okay. Yeah. So partly what the, the subtitle of this, of my show is uh, Escaping Religion and Finding Faith. And I know, you know, I've, I've known you for, goodness, uh, about 18 or 19 years ago, I think we met. Did you yeah. visit, did you visit the church that I had pastored or something? No, actually, where, where, where our worlds intersected was through the kids, because um, your son and my son, we played basketball together. 
that's right okay yeah and went to sunnyside and all that you know yeah, yeah. gosh yeah my son is is, is 19 and yeah, working at here. aristocrat yeah. motors and it's like <laughs> it's like like wow you know i'm so proud yeah. of, of my kids like i'm sure you are with your kids it's just yes. cool to see them becoming adults and and doing cool stuff and just seeing how they how they develop and their kind of their personalities it's 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 a blessing. I, I mean, children are truly a blessing. Yeah, yeah. That that's another whole conversation in and of itself. I would love to have some time. Just yeah, the challenges of parenting and oh god, and you know the aspirations you have when they're little and and how it doesn't go according to plan when they're nineteen. Or I mean, not not <laughs> maybe maybe their lives are, but but certainly you know the the conversations you thought you were going to have about life in the car and, you know, turn into dad, why are you talking to me about this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. those types of things. So. Yeah. And divorce brings a whole nother element to yeah. that. I know, you know, you being divorced, I, I, I had reached out to you just, you know, whenever I went through my divorce and, and uh, you know, thank God my story is, you know, a little different than some. I, mine wasn't like a, a huge lawyers and, and custody battles and, and all of that, thankfully, thankfully. Um, but still, there's no way to have a divorce. I don't think uh, where there's not a lot of hurt feelings and mm-hmm. and dark days and, and difficult conversations. And yeah, it's it's. I don't wish divorce on anyone, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's you know, there's always usually fair, decent reasons why it happened, but. You know, no matter how bad it was or, or how bad you wanted out of it or the other one wanted out of it or whatever, I mean, the two of you have set out at some point, right, to build this thing. And, and the fact that it was just a failure is, you know, it's just it's just hurtful in and of in and of itself. You know, I mean, everybody looks back Absolutely. on it and they can understand kind of how they got there. But, you know, just the fact that that wasn't how you set out from the beginning and the fact that that's where you ended up is just hurtful, you know, in a deep level all by itself. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. That that's probably another whole conversation uh, in and of itself because that's yeah, uh, that's something. I think not only that. I think I'm not sure what the divorce rate is. You always hear that one out of every two marriages mm-hmm. fails. I don't know if that's fucking actually accurate, but I know it's a lot. I mean, I, most all of my friends are many of my friends if um are divorced. You know, on their second or third yeah. marriages and. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether they're currently single or, or currently married or, you know, going through a divorce, it's, you know, seems like people are all, all over the place and that stuff. And it's, it's a part of midlife, you know, I mean, I was married 25 years, so I made it wow. 25 years. Wow. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I blame, I realize there's two people in a marriage, but, you know, I tend to kind of blame myself, just made some poor, poor decisions towards the end there. Mm-hmm. And I have my excuses, <laughs> sure, but they're, sure. but they're the stories bullshit. we tell yeah. ourselves so we can sleep yeah. at night. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> I have the stories that I tell myself, uh, that, yeah, kind of help me, yeah, help me feel a little bit better about it all. Yeah. Yeah. So let me, let me, let's, let's switch gears here because I think the part that I, I am actually curious about and, and one reason why I wanted to have a conversation with you is, you know, I, I think you follow my journey and, and, and mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons, you know, you and I have stayed in touch just because you, you see my posts and you're like, what the hell's going on with Timmy? <laughs> you know, cause I, I, I have, you know, come out of the closet, so to speak, and have denounced evangelical Christianity that, you know, I, I don't, I don't resonate with that message at all. I don't believe 
um, anything much in line with the evangelical movement. And the reason is this, and this is where I want to hear where you're at. Um, and, and one is I am doing this podcast. I get asked this a lot, you know, am I trying to convert people? And I'm like, no, I'm not trying to convert anyone. My journey has been my journey and I'm not trying to, you know, convert an evangelical to more of a spiritual inclusive type, uh, belief system at all. I, I, I'm not looking for followers. I'm, what I'm doing with the podcast and the reason I even started it was to have healthy conversations around religion and faith and spirituality. And hopefully those that have found themselves where I was, mm -hmm. rather than going from religious to atheism or atheist, uh, you know, my journey was just away from more the evangelical or organized religion or the dogma of this is the 17 things, the tenets of faith that you must believe in order to go to heaven. You know, I, mm -hmm. I just, that, that's what I walked away from. I, mean, I still believe in a, in a God or a Supreme being or some kind of superior something, um, but not necessarily the one, you know, the one th that I was taught kind of out of the Bible, you know, the very, very, very personal, god that you yeah know, here's here's my prayer and reaches down from heaven to do what i ask and like that's that's what i've left anyway so what you know what's an interesting segue there from from the divorce conversation that you were talking that made me think that i mean you're right you wouldn't wish this on anyone because it, in a lot of ways it's like a divorce right it's like you're you had this identity in yourself you know in in christ in the church in you know, in all of that evangelical movement, like you described, whatever term you want to put on it. And, you know, as life unfolds, and I think, you know, we'll get into some of the things that kind of brought me down my journey as well in that place. It's, it's not necessarily a fun journey to take because your identity is being questioned at that point. And it's not like, <laughs> you know, you went from eating white bread and now you're just like no value and you're going to wheat. I mean, that just has such limited consequences, right? I mean, of right. course, there's some health benefits, but, but, but this is considerably different. You know, you're, this is something that you believed in and the hours that you fretted over this and, you know, me of, you know, thinking of at times when I was younger that I was going to lose my salvation or did I, you know, did I pull off the, the, you know, salvation prayer properly and doubting those types, you know, just the yeah. agony of some of the things you look back on over time. And then to go through a process where you're kind of leaving that it is in a lot of ways a divorce and, and it's an identity change and you wouldn't wish that process on anyone. And, and it's, you know, and that's why I don't know. It's an interesting, it was an interesting comment or, or, or connection I made there as we were kind of talking about that earlier. And you went into this because I thought they are in some ways have the same characteristics. A hundred percent. It was, it was uh, Lance for me to go from, I, I was an evangelical pastor for 30 years. I took my first wow. pastoring position in 1990. So wow. 30 years I preached the gospel. And mm -hmm. if you'd have told me even 10 years ago, if you'd have told me that I would be no longer believing that Jesus is the only way I would have, 
I would have been like, you're a liar. You're a heretic. You're the devil. Right. What the hell has gotten it? Like, there's no way. I was raised Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, camp, youth camp, revivals, yep. tent meetings. I mean, you name it. I was there. And Lance, and this is why I, I'm so excited about this entire conversation. I'm so excited to see where it goes because what did it for me, it, it would almost be like if we were taught the world was flat. You know, the Bible says the world's flat. And then as time went on, more and more evidence pointed to the fact that, no, it's fucking not. It's actually a sphere. And we don't think it's a sphere. We know it's a sphere. <laughs> so, right, you know, right. like for me, it was the, it was the things that I had to either say, well, the secret things belong to the Lord. His ways are above my ways. His thoughts are above my thoughts. You know, I had to use those stupid fucking phrases, yeah. you know, to to, <laughs> yeah. to make these connections that just fucking didn't make sense. Okay, so yeah. you can be a piece of shit. A lot of Christians are wonderful, but I'm, so I'm making a very general statement here. A lot of Christians are wonderful people, some of the most wonderful people I know, okay? But I've also <laughs> seen the shittiest people in my life, too, in the church. So anyway— you could be the shittiest because we teach this. You could you could be a rapist, a murderer, a pedophile, but on your deathbed, if you accepted Jesus in mm -hmm. your heart, you prayed the sinner's prayer, believed in your heart, and confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus, then you'd be saved. So you could be a shitty person, give your heart to Christ, and when you die, you're going to heaven. But then if you're a wonderful, kind, generous, charitable, uh, faithful um hindu or buddhist when you die you're going to hell to burn forever and ever and ever lance that's the that's when i said you know what fuck this shit nope i don't believe it <laughs> i'm out that's i mean that literally right. I mean, it's, it's that among other things but that was one of the pieces that i was just like no there's no yeah one there's no way that's the way the world is set up and the god that i've always been taught about that's love and all that it, there's no way that he set it up like that, really. Like, man has somehow fucked it up somehow and said this. And thirdly, right. and this is going to sound, you might want to be stepping back from the phone right now, but there's the thirdly for me, it's like, if that is the way God set it up, <laughs> fuck him. That is ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's that, that, yeah. that, that, that is ridiculous. And yeah. I, I wouldn't want to subscribe to that if that was how he set it up. I don't agree with it. But I don't think that you know. I don't think that's actually how it's right. set up. Anyway, so what was the turning well, point? Well, I think for what's you? interesting. I think what's interesting about you know for you and me because and maybe this wasn't your experience growing up, but I think for myself, I'm not coming at this place from wanting to discount God because you know I was told that you know well, these people hate God and so therefore they don't want anything to do with them, so they're going to find every little loophole or they're going to you know, want to believe in evolution or whatever, whatever it is that's going to, you know, discount the fact that there is this God that they're accountable to. They hate him and therefore they're going to want, that's not at all where you and I came from. Oh God, You no. and I came from this place of wanting to be in a relationship with, with this God and, and wanting to stay there and be there. And, but yet things just didn't make sense to us on other levels. And we started to slowly you know, kind of move away from that position. Right. But, but that's the, I think for me, what is interesting is that, I mean, I, I've went to seminary, I pastored, you know, like you as well. And so, 
you know, here you got two guys that are trained in this and it's not like, you know, it's like, well, if they knew more, they would know it or, or you know, all the little, the little things that Christians say, you know, yeah. it's like, well, there must not be part of the elect or whatever the case may be. But that's, that's not you and I, you no. and I, I mean, for me, at least I'm still on this, you know, in this place where I'm, I'm still hoping that there is something there and maybe I'm wrong or I haven't thought through it through a different angle. But I think that in some ways I'm in a better place where I am spiritually now than where I was believing in something that maybe wasn't completely accurate or was somewhat fabricated by man and just the way that he thinks about, you know, life and those things outside of himself. Oh, a hundred percent Lance for me. I ironically, ironically uh, love God more, feel more spiritual uh, and I'm in more of a pursuit for mm-hmm. uh, yes. God or whatever than ever before. And in fact, this will blow your mind. Uh, my morality is not only intact, I would say it's more pure and has a depth mm-hmm. that it never had before. In other words, I don't do, I don't not do things because I'm scared of hell. I'm not scared of hell. I don't even really believe in hell necessarily. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm right. uncertain right. what I believe. People say, do you believe in heaven and hell? I'm like, well, I don't know. And the reality <laughs> yeah. is, if you ask me, do I believe it exists? Well, I definitely don't know. And nor does anyone, you know, when people say, well, the right. Bible says, well, oh, now you're getting into a right. whole nother question of is the Bible the yeah. actual word of God? And is everything in the Bible a fact like that gets into then you get into circular reasoning. How do you know the Bible's true? Because the Bible says it is. Right. Well, like, dear right. God, like there's no way out of that trap. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. That it's like having a conversation with a friend and, and you've got them, you've, you've talked through it. And then finally they're like, you know what? God told me so. It's like the conversation's over at that point. Absolutely. Like, yeah. God told you to do it. Uh, what the fuck can I say? Right. Fucking do it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're like, okay, well, I guess I'll talk to you later at this point, you know? So where did it start um, to you know, unravel for you, Lance? Where did, where well, did yeah, it that's start? what I was going to yeah. say. Like, it's interesting, you know, I've, I've, you know, as, as you, as you go back over your life, right? Like, you know, our minds are just not built to, you know, be able to play this entire movie and remember every little, you know, detail about some things. And it's more, you know, like our brains are able to kind of, you know, hold a highlight reel. And so, you know, when you go back in time and try to put together, like, how did I end up to this place? you know, it's, you're, you're trying to reconstruct your, your past in a lot of ways. And our brains just aren't really built for that, you know, and wired to do a good job of that. And so I've struggled with it, but what I have done is just kind of gone back and tried to think, you know, how do I, you know, how did I end up at this place? Um, It certainly wasn't a linear, uh, you know, journey. It was, you know, it was, it was probably circular and all over the place many, many times, but there were certain things that I think happen. And, and I think one of the things that I have an interest in is just, you know, how do people change their minds on, on truths that are deep and mean significant things to them. And, and then, you know, later in life, it's, they're in a completely different place. And I'm fascinated of, you know, how does that happen really? Um, so like you said, you know, preaching the gospel for 30 some years, and now here you don't even necessarily believe in it anymore. And so I think for me, the thing that, that first started, it was when you, you, when you look at scripture and there's certain things in there that even the evangelical church today, the most conservative of churches today, 
don't believe in, you know, whether it was, yeah. you know, the wearing of the head, the head covering or, you know, some of those types of, of, of verses. And there, there's many, many more. But I think when I first started, probably what allowed me to have a little bit of an opening was through prayer. You know, it's that you're spending many, many time just praying and praying, praying. And I started thinking again in a place where I fully believed that, that God was listening and didn't necessarily always seem to translate into some sort of action. And I couldn't understand why. And then I started to think, well, that's probably because prayer is more me aligning my thoughts to God's, you right. know? And so it's not necessarily that if I ask for this, it's going to happen. It's probably me more coming in tune with what he's wanting to do. And I still kind of believe that a little bit. I kind of feel like that's a little bit of what you can do in meditation, not, not, not from a strictest sense, but I think sometimes it's just kind of rebalancing yourselves. And so I think that was the first time that I had some sort of view that I thought, you know, there's some things in here that already people question. And then secondly, I, you know, maybe I had the view of prayer wrong. And then as I started looking at some things, you know, like I had a good friend that was homosexual and, you know, at that point I hadn't had any friends that were really homosexual and he was a devout Christian. And I thought, okay, well, this is different, you know, and, and again, me probably trying to convince him that he was living the wrong lifestyle or wrong, but him and him having significant influence over the way that I thought and understanding that, wow, he's really seeking God maybe more than I am, yeah. you know, and yet uh, everybody's saying, you know, he, and so I think when I, I look at those types of things, um, I just started to kind of, I had an opportunity where there was a little bit of a crack in the foundation. You wouldn't have seen it if you walked by certainly wouldn't have been on any, uh, you know, inspectors radar had they have been doing some sort of inspection, but the opportunity was there. And then I think when I started going through my divorce and understanding a little bit of just the anxiety that I had around some things that caused some of the problems that I had in my own marriage, but, um, understanding how the human brain works and how we are able to kind of believe in some of these things that maybe aren't necessarily true um, really, really started to come to the forefront, but I got to tell you to me, this was the big one for me was two things. One, and I, in you know, forever I heard about science and evolution and all these types of things, but, but, um, my wife and I went to LA to visit some of her friends and they work for JBL, which is, or the, uh, jet propulsion lab and, and, you know, contracts with NASA. And so I asked them, I said, you know, there's a lot of scientists here and we, we were talking about some subject. I can't remember how we, we got into it, but I said, you know, where do a lot of these slides fall on the faith conversation or in, in these two individuals worked on they actually finding planets. And so, you know, I thought, OK, this is interesting because this is what they do on a day to day basis. They obviously understand science. And so we started talking about just how Earth was formed and all this, you know, and yeah. and it kind of began the first time I was like, OK, this could this could happen more naturally than I probably thought in the past, you know, where I thought it was some sort of divine providence or something in that effect. But then right immediately after that, or around the same time, I was reading um, Dan Gilbert's book, uh, Stumbling Upon Happiness. And and he talked about the fact that we as mankind didn't develop the frontal lobe of our brain until millions of years in. And it was after we kind of learned to with fire and cooking is we still aren't really sure why humans are the only ones that are able to develop this part of the brain as animals in them are. Right. But he basically makes the point that for millions of years, mankind was stuck believing just in the present moment that he had because he didn't have this part of his brain. And that part of the brain they learned 
allows the human to think about the future. And it just like clicked for me one day that I was like, wait a second, if God created mankind, and of course you can see kind of leading up from those other things, I already had a little bit of a, an opening for this type of thought to enter into my you know, worldview. But as I started to think about it, I thought, okay, if mankind didn't have this frontal lobe, that frontal lobe is the critical piece to Christianity. Yes. Because yes, Christian, you know what I mean? It's like, it's all about thinking about the future in heaven. And, and when you read scripture and all this, and I thought, if that didn't come about until millions of later years down the road of mankind's development, yet God created the world and mankind from the beginning. And the way that it's taught is that salvation was almost, you know, thought of in the beginning. I was like, something's not clicking with me here in this way, because does that mean that God just came up with salvation then later once mankind developed this frontal lobe, because now he could think about the future. <laughs> so you can just see how there was little so many holes things like that, yeah. that started. Yeah. Started to make me think like something's not right here in the way that, and of course, once then you begin to have a little bit of an opening, the, the you know, the, the door opens wider and wider and your brain for the first time or your mental model allows you to believe in some things that you never had before. But again, that's when I really started that I, I was, in, it was not a fun journey to have. And it's still in a lot of ways, not a fun journey to have because I don't know necessarily what I believe in anymore. Yeah. And that's the part that's the hard before I could at least tether myself to some of these faith, you know, the anchors and, you know, through the storms of life and have something to hold on to. But now it's, it, I, I find myself just kind of out here in the world on my own, not knowing necessarily whether I should be on my knees praying or just living life because that's not, you know, that's just how life is that you wake up and you live and you die one day and you got lucky because you had 80 some years on this earth, you know, yeah. not necessarily that there's this future life that you can look forward to. Right. Some mansion on with streets of gold. And... Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, right. Lance, you know, right. gosh, I, 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 this conversation is definitely proving to be uh, in, fascinating for me because I really never thought of it exactly like that. Uh, and it's interesting how you were, you know, putting those those uh, those holes were forming and, and the things, the conversations with different people. Also, one thing that I was taught and maybe you were taught this, maybe you weren't, maybe you'll have been familiar with this. But uh, early on in a Sunday school class at the church that I went to, you know, they taught that the world was created in, you know, six days on the seventh day. God rested right. that those days could be a thousand years so the earth could be, you know, six or seven thousand years old or whatever. And of course, then you run into the problem with the dinosaurs being extinct, you know, 65 million years ago and, and just, you know, things right. started to kind of unravel. Well, I'll never forget in my Sunday school class at the church I was raised in, the Sunday school teacher said that dinosaur bones were put here by the devil to confuse, oh to confuse uh, man about God. And wow. Yeah. And that's not uh, like that I've told this to a lot of people and I've had people start laughing going, Oh my gosh, they taught that too. in my Southern Baptist church. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, so it was, it's like a thing. You just Google it. It's like a thing that was taught to, to eradicate the, you know, well, since we can't explain that, let's just say that the devil did it and that it's not real. Right. Um, and, 
and I think for me, the same thing with now archaeological finds have, you know, uncovered places like Godepli Tepe and, and, you know, a civilization that lived uh, 12,800 years ago right. and cave drawings that are awesome that date back to three and 400,000 years. So all of a sudden I'm like, okay, it's not that we think or that we believe or it's a theory. We now know some shit. And yes. it, it doesn't it doesn't align with back to like the flat earth thing. It's like, no, we don't. It's not a fucking theory that the earth is a sphere. You moron flat right. earther. It's a fucking <laughs> fact. So for me, it was kind of that same journey. It's like, OK, we we know humans have been around for hundreds of thousands of years. So this right. predates Adam and Eve. Not only that, the cradle of humanity is Africa. So yeah. like that fucks up the Bible story pretty big time because Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden and the Garden of Eden was in the Middle East. And it's like, okay, <laughs> somewhere somebody's gotten some fucking shit <laughs> jacked up here. And, and then you start really learning history. Again, not theories, not interpretations, like factual you know, like the Epic of Gilgamesh that talks about civilization and a great mm -hmm. flood. And, and that was, mm -hmm. you know, thousands of years before the, the story of Noah's Ark was written and has a right. lot of similarities. In other words, Noah's Ark is just a fucking plagiarization of an earlier story, though. Right. I think that's when you take it as a fact, that's when it really is a fucking shit show. But if you take it as, hey, these people experienced or heard about some kind of flood. And so they told it in a story form. Right. And that, so like right. that, and I'm like, okay, I can, like that I'm cool with. But that Noah, yeah, yeah. that Noah and this and two of every animal and then the clean and the unclean and the fucking no. <laughs> That's like impossible. <laughs> well, you know, God can do anything. Really? Then why the fuck doesn't he heal children of cancer? Like, come on. Like, like come on. Let's get real here. It doesn't make well, sense. Well, here's, here's, Here's a recent example uh, of what I was uh, talking about, and this is something that that I'm really interested in your thoughts on because I'm fascinated right now by it, and and it's not fully baked even in my own mind. So you can kind of tease it out even a little bit further. But uh, the book, um, something this is a book I never would have picked up in the past because I thought I would have thought, why would I read that? I know the creation story, but it's um, you've all know a Harari's book called Sapiens. Oh, it's a love brief it. history of mankind. Yes. Have you? Oh, okay, good. Yeah. So have you read it? I have. It's amazing. Oh, okay. So good. You you can. So I'm I'm just kind of early on, but here's the concept that I'm fascinated by was and just to kind of give the listeners a little bit of context, right? I mean, he 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 starts by kind of giving the background of some of the stuff you talked about in Africa and all that, but he always has these little different angles on on how mankind or homo sapien was able to kind of um you know grow or, or or progress quicker than than others because he was saying you know that we weren't the only you know creature or human type thing there was neanderthals and other four yeah, types of humans or i can't remember what he said you know seven yeah exactly and so species. you know why were we able to kind of grow right so quickly and one of the concepts that he um brought up and this is again kind of goes i think feeds into this conversation a lot was 
he said the reason that ma- that humans were able to grow or, or homo sapiens or whatever the technical term is were able to, to grow or progress so much quicker and exponentially quicker than other uh, forms of life was because of these imagined realities what he calls myths i don't really like the term yep. as much stories that that we were able to conjure up right and and when you look at it and you sit there and you think you know if it's not if it's not a river or a tree those are things that we can like visibly see in front of us you know that oh the river's moving there's you know there's something behind that but think about how much your world and my world today is made up of these myths whether you know he used the example in the book of the catholic church and celibacy yeah. there's nothing in in nature that tells us that that should be a truth or not right um uh government corporations um you know the way that marriage is in the west is going to be completely different than the way marriage is going to be maybe in the east or something right well or that's in a, utah that's a or in, <laughs> <laughs> anyway sorry <laughs> or, or in utah correct but again these are all kind of collective stories that we've all bought into for whatever reason that has allowed us as a society to continue to grow and then as the world changes right we're able to be quick and agile in our own thoughts because you basically control mankind through these stories and we believe in them and those stories can change very very quickly as opposed to a tree is a tree for you know a river is a river grass is grass uh the fact that the lion is over there behind the bush is is a fact but but government is somewhat of a construed reality that we have in our minds and i sat there and thought about that and i thought man i bet you 90% of my world is made up of these myths or 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 shared stories in our collective imagination and the way that i think about how i live in that world is made up of these myths and i'm fascinated by that and i think maybe somewhat the biblical story fits right into that conversation oh my gosh this is opening such a great can of worms because i mean think about it we believe in the almighty dollar what is a paper what is a paper dollar worth well there's no gold backing the the u.s dollar anymore right that got closed down wherever but so a piece of paper is only it's only truly worth a dollar because the government says it's worth a dollar and right, you know, right. goods and, and services. the bread shop will take it and give you a dollar's worth of bread. A hundred percent. But it is not a absolute truth. It can change. Right. It can go away. It could, I mean, you know, hyper, I mean, I don't think this will happen to us in America, not in our lifetime, probably, you know, like hyperinflation where a loaf of bread is a million dollars, you know, I mean, but I don't think we'll see that here. But as we all know, I remember putting gas in my uh, mini bike and it was a gallon tank and it cost me 25 cents. You know, so <laughs> that 25 yeah. cents today is literally not worth shit. It, you can't even get a piece of bubble gum for 25 cents anymore. So right. clearly it that's fluctuating, whereas an absolute truth doesn't fluctuate. So I think, I, I think, yes, the book is was very enlightening to me. One, I didn't even know that uh, there were several species of human. I didn't either. Uh, no, I, I didn't either. I, I had thought, heard of Neanderthal, but none of the others. Right, and I didn't even know that Neanderthal were. were I thought they were just human, but just our early ancestor 
who was like a caveman. Right. right. I didn't realize right. that they were like whole... 18 feet tall and could club you. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> like I never realized. So that was very fascinating to me, like to realize, oh, so like a Pomeranian is a dog and so is a poodle. They're dogs. They're different yeah. species. And I'm like, oh, right. Fuck. So humans had species back then yes. that that it, but so then who who here's the other question again this just fucks up the whole bible narrative so i mean that's a human species did they, so they died out before jesus came obviously clearly a lot of people have so if they couldn't accept jesus what the fuck happens to them if you believe in that christian message wholeheartedly then what are they what are they grandfather everybody in before Jesus? Like how the fuck does that work? <laughs> Not only that, but if they right. couldn't cognitively, you know, if they hadn't been told the Christian story, you know, right. Lance, it's just so right. to but, me, it's so I'd have to be careful here because ultimately I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. There's things that I believe right. and things that I'm starting to understand or things that uh, you know make sense to me, or frankly, that bring peace to me i'm i'm at more peace in my life now than i've ever been in my life and it's fascinating mm-hmm. i would have never thought that you could have peace and yet not believe in heaven or hell or believe in certain things that jesus is the only way like you know there's so many things that i don't believe anymore that i thought would have filled me full of anxiety paranoia and fear but it's actually it, it just it's more in a You know, the the speech, all the various species of humans, what was their religious teachings? What were they taught to believe? Right. And uh, yeah, so it's like when you think about the Christian message, I mean, I could ask you, how are you saved? And you would tell me through the blood of Jesus Christ, you know, like all that. Right. So, but right. we know humans have been around for hundreds of thousands of years. So let's just go back before Judaism, even. Let's just go back. 12 13,000 years ago what was the story or the myths then that they were told right on and how to spend an afterlife in a good place but what's fascinating to me though was is that there did seem to be something in them that i mean again the fact that i get i guess here's my question for you what well, two questions and maybe they're separate but maybe they're a little joined and, and i'll i'll tee them up and let you take them where where you want but the first one is, I do see a significant, and I think um, Harari in his book is making this point. Again, I'm early on, but he does make the point that these imagined realities, and again, defining those is important here because we're not talking about the, he's not talking about the fact that cats can fly. Right, right. He's talking about real things, like you said, the dollar or the fact that celibacy is this you know, important trait in the church and government, you know, all these things that aren't necessarily, you know, that you can see through the biological order. So I think it's important to understand what he's mean, but, but, but he is saying that we were able to advance ourselves because of these shared realities and stories. Yes. And so therefore it, they are important to us in some reason, which then leads to my second question. And that is, so what, what is the value of them today for us? And then secondly, why did these other forms of us uh, and even humans early on seem to seek out a a god, a, a what Harari would have called a myth, when there was nothing around them other than the created order 
that maybe thought, you know what right. I mean? It's one thing to kind of like see a lion and then see something else that you thought was like a lion, but it walked upright and you're kind of like, no, I know what I saw. It wasn't a lion. Yeah. You know, like you have a frame of reference to start. They didn't have any frame of reference for a God, but there was something still within them that was reaching out and wanting to seek something. So what does that tell us about what we should, how do we, how do you and I include that into our mental model right. here? Yeah, that is a, that is a, uh, a great thought because I don't think that religion carries the same value today as it did early on with the advancements of science. Now, I'm not saying science is a god. Science gets it wrong, and science is, uh, would be a shitty god, of course. But science is yeah. part of our evolution, part of our evolve, evolving as a species. Uh, so, yeah, personally, I don't think that religion uh, carries as much value now, and I think that community does, and being a part of a tribe um, and and mm -hmm. communicating truths through stories, I think, is very important without saying that this story actually happened exactly like this. And if you don't believe that, you don't believe in the veracity of the scripture. Blah, blah, blah. Like, no, it's a story that communicates a, a greater truth, a bigger picture. Um, and so, that, you know, so that's my first part of that. I don't think that the value is there as much. But I, I do feel that part of this narrative or the story was, hey, I need you to you know, do certain things and not do certain things. And so since I can't watch over you 24-7, guess what? There's a God, right, there's who, a God who is. He <laughs> sees what you're doing, and there'll be hell to pay if you fuck up. So don't fuck up. Right. And have a great life. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, I, right. I, in my upbringing, now not all people that are re religious come from my same upbringing, but mine was a very, very, you know, like footloose, you know, in the sense of no drinking, no smoking, no chewing, no cussing, no dancing, you know, no right. premarital sex, no masturbation even. I mean, it was, oh, it's fucking ridiculous, like just absolutely ridiculous, all the things you couldn't do and it created right now i take ownership of this i don't blame them but how it worked out in me was a shame-based fear of hell yes. type deal um and, right. and really i wasn't really scared of god as much as i was scared of the devil the devil was going to get me which was weird you know in the mm -hmm. christian upbringing if you were living right you had to fear because you're a target of the devil. In other words, you're doing something good. The devil's going to want to get you. And then right, if you weren't right. doing good, the devil has you. Right. He's going to fuck you up anyway. So it's like you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. I mean, the, one of the greatest things that ever happened to me in my journey is when I finally came to the belief that there is no devil. There is no devil. Now, is there right, evil? Right. Yes, I think that. There is yes. evil, and I think we create that in ourselves. I don't think it's an outside entity that's trying to allure us into evil. I think it's just it's just there. So, you know, the day I said, "There's no devil," like actually a devil that's going around like a roaring lion, seeking who he might have. That's not. That's I don't believe that to be true. I get the concept. Well, you 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 seem to though believe. I mean. So back to your comment, though, about saying, you know, that that you don't know what the value of religion is today, but you see the value of community because 
I do agree with you. I think there's something about the fact of worshiping in unison or something that probably helps back to what I was saying earlier when we first started, right, was it probably builds into your identity somehow, you know, that there's no matter if you're a teenager, you kind of know how teenagers act. And so, you know, when you're with that group, you, you kind of cut up in a teenager way right. and you're, you know, if you're standing before in royalty, you're going to behave yourself in a way that you're standing before, you right. know, there's ways that we have learned to kind of, and, and I, you know, I, our identity is really important. And so, um, you know, matter of fact, I got this great quote that I've written down and I love it because I think it fits right into this. And I, and I, but I guess I'm curious to how, when you look back on your time and believing what you believe now, I still think that there's gotta be, um, there's gotta be something that you believe in or that you, that you think religion has value to. And I'm wondering what that, uh, that is for yeah. you, but let me read you this, um, uh, this quote, it says, the capacity to keep a particular narrative going is what gives us um, our own identity. We might be told that we can be whatever we want when we grow up, um, but that's not necessarily true. We can only believe, or it says, but it's not seldom true. We can only become the person whose story we can keep telling to ourselves in the world today and meaning you know like what's that identity that i see myself as and i keep telling myself that story so you didn't go out and start a new chapter of the vfw you obviously saw something about you and your identity that religion formed in you and there's a spiritual component so is religion really of no value to you or use using religion more in the technical sense and not the spiritual word and that's why you went ahead and started up even the second chapter of Mercy uh, Church, even though maybe that's not the name yeah. of it, but you've charted the second chapter. You didn't start another chapter of VFW. Right. You started another church in some right. ways. Yeah, so the value, uh, yeah, for me, the re religion doesn't have a value. Or uh, let me take it back. Religion does have a value for those that it does bring value to. But for me, it was the, its spirituality brings value. Connecting with something beyond myself, mm -hmm. bigger than myself, you know, whether, and, and, and I'm like you, Lance, I don't know exactly what I believe, you know, I mean, if you ask me questions, I mean, I can right. answer with what I think at this point. Um, but I, what makes you still doubt that? What, 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 what's, what's holding, what's, so you kind of started to lean more toward, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, of uh, discrepancies between what I was, what I was, what I believed in the past and what I believe now. But there's still some thread that's not been a complete severing of that. What what makes you still doubt your decision that you don't just go full on board atheist at this point? Yeah. So I just think there's something beyond us. I think it takes more faith to be an atheist than it does to be spiritual. There there's so many things that that you know science at this point can't answer and to be honest i don't think they'll ever answer that um you know the, right. the three big questions you know where do we where do we come from where are we going and what's the right. purpose of life right. those are the three things which i think is what brought right. on the religious the religion stories of the day they had to they had because people want to know why how the, or how how the earth start 
well, here's what happened. God said, right. let there be. And that's what happened. Oh, no shit. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it, it's all, it just gives them an answer. And it, and some right. people, uh, and, I, and I'm not saying that anybody that believes this is less than, because that's been me for, you know, for most all my life until now. They need that. They need the certainty. How the earth start? Here's how it started. Oh, God, that brings me so much peace. What's the purpose of my life? Boom. It's to love God and serve people. Oh, gosh. Thank you. And where are we right. going? Dude, heaven for you, motherfucker. Just believe in this <laughs> and heaven is it. Dude, I've solved all the three major things in someone's life. Where you came from, right. where you're going, and what's the fucking purpose. Right. <laughs> and and well it's interesting you say that because i because i said earlier you asked me one of the things that you know i had mentioned my trip out to jpl in la that time and and when i was talking to michelle's friends you know and, and probably i'd heard this in science but just didn't care or you know was thought it was going to invalidate my my faith so i didn't listen but you know she was basically explaining to me you know that earth is you know because of the fact that i said you think we'll ever find earth or, or life somewhere else and she said i don't know but our worldview is you know the only way that we understand the world is that you've got to have you know water and, and you know the listeners right, right, probably right. know much more about this but water and sunlight and all the things that are necessary to form you know bacteria and then it evolves right, right. And, you know and, and all these and it you know moves into molecules and atoms and all these types of things and so and and i thought Okay, so that yeah, that is you're right. It's like when we go to Mars and some of these other places, that's one of the things they look for is their life there, is their water or something. But then I started to think though, the part though that makes me think, okay, well, someone's just giving me an explanation now that allows me an out to not believe in God. But then I immediately go back to the fact though that I think, so we're the only planet out there where the sun is specifically just far enough away from the earth that it allows us to warm it, but it doesn't burn it up and the tides and the moon. And, and that's the part that I struggle with being able to completely walk away from some of these truths, because I think this earth, either we are just fucking lucky or this earth has a divine element of design to it that is outside of my grasp of, of understanding it. But those are the little things like that that don't allow me to completely walk yeah. away. Yeah. I, I, I just, uh, the thought of walking through, I heard someone say this one time, I wish it was my idea, but I heard someone say, it's like walking through a forest and you stumble on a Rolex watch. You wouldn't think, <laughs> Oh, that, a tree fell on a weed and then, and then the weed got whatever. And then after billions and billions <laughs> right. of years, there is a Rolex watch. I mean, it's clearly has design, you know, it, there's clearly intention with it. And so for me, <laughs> as fucked up as the world is and the nature and all the stuff that doesn't make sense, the most complicated organism in all the world is our brain. So when you think about yes. the complexity and how it all has to work so perfectly, I I would struggle to say that it just fucking happens. It's two things bang together and boom, and here it all right. is. Right, right, right. You know, I just that again that takes too much faith. I can't I can't even see how that yeah. makes sense. So the sense of there's something now, Lance. I'm going to blow your mind. You might not want to talk to me after this. I mean, and this is just me being very free thinking here, 
now that I've walked away from the strict teachings of how I was raised, you know, now my as crazy as those stories are, right? Born of a virgin and this and that, and the you know mm-hmm. the big fish swallowed that guy for Jonah for three days, and like all those stories that Christians believe. Well, that was me. So I have a very open mind in the sense of I've believed some crazy ass shit and all right. under the auspice of Christianity. So now if we, which I do believe there's life on other planets, I, you know, you know it'll be, who knows when we'll find it, but just because of the sheer number of possibilities, it would be mathematically insane that there, there wouldn't be, but, but at this right. point, who knows? But right. I think now because of all the crazy things I used to believe, it doesn't surprise me at all that, or it wouldn't surprise me at all if we come to find out we do find life on other planets and then they show us, oh yeah, we seeded your planet, you know, billions of years ago. And, I, and then you just be like, ah, oh, because think about it. We're, we're looking at Mars, right? We're looking at colony Mars. It's like, it's not a joke. It's not a movie. It's not a theory. It's not sci-fi. It's a fucking fact. Like we're literally going for that elon musk right spacex and nasa so imagine right just imagine thousand years from now so in just the last few hundred years right we've jet planes and and sonic all the i mean if we back if you just gone back to the 1400s and flew a jet over the sky people would have lost their goddamn minds you know what I mean? And thought this is an alien invasion. Right, yeah. So just yeah. that. So just let's just skip ahead to the year 3000. Well, by that time, we've been on Mars for hundreds of years. People are being born there. So they're Martians. What if an asteroid blew up Earth? And then now <laughs> we're on Mars. And pretty soon it's like, right. yeah, we used to live on another planet. Like, what the fuck? Shut up. No, right. here's what happened. Right. And I never would have even, I wouldn't have entertained those conversations in the past because if you would have asked me, I would have said, well, God, this is God's planet. He will decide when to destroy it and when to keep it. So, you know, the fact of all this, you know, uh, talk about, you know, the, um, the words slipping me, but, you know, the, the green movement and, you know, saving the earth and, and all of that, I, I just wouldn't have participated in it as much. I would have only in the fact that it wouldn't have been for the fact that if we don't do something, our planet is going to destroy itself and we as humans will no longer be able to continue. I would have just come at it from a different angle and said, yeah, we need to be green and take care of it because it's God's earth and he's given it to us for a stewardship. But I'm leaning way more toward the other side now where it's like as humans, if we want to at some point, the earth is going to be destroyed, and and we need to think about how do we continue our race on other planets. That's a conversation now that I'm much more willing to have than I ever was in the past. Um, which, 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 let me ask you this question. Where, where do you feel like this new, and, and this is probably me just selfishly asking the question for my own understanding, where do you feel like it allows you to go now i mean it certainly does allow you much more freedom the shame is gone i agree with that that's the same for me i don't beat myself up if i'm not in the scripture every single day i'm in the scripture because i want ancient teachings and if it is god's word great if it's not great i'm still pulling value from how to live my life you know 
there's great stuff in there, right? And and seeing it like that, where do you? Th- what's your encouragement for those though that I mean, there is a part of me at times though, Timmy, where I feel like I've lost that next level hope. Hope. I don't know. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like I don't know what to describe it. But before, when life got shitty, I could at least tell myself that I'm either going through something or God's going to be there for me. Yeah. But now that I'm moving away from that, what do I hold on to? I struggle with that a little bit. And I found myself at times thinking, have I just taken away something that was really important to me in my existence as a human, this, this concept that I can grab onto something that's outside of myself, that's got control of my life more than maybe I do. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, um, that was an, an initial struggle at first. Like for me, going back to what you said even earlier, just the, the my identity. I mean, <laughs> I mean, who I was was a follower of Jesus and a Christian and a, you know, I I, I was right. you know trying to be like Jesus and I was going to win the world and yada yada. So, you know, my value. I still, of course, I do think there's something greater out there. Um, and, and oddly enough, I don't feel like an accountability to this higher power. I feel like we're, you know, God's creation or, or we are a creation. We were created. And I still feel that that I feel that Jesus was uh, not the savior of the world, but I feel like Jesus was an enlightened uh, teacher, you know, mm-hmm. maybe sent by the collective or maybe just enlightened, just like we have people who are enlightened today just an enlightened person that shared these insights, which are invaluable. I mean, oh my goodness. I mean, the teachings on love and kindness and graciousness and charity and, oh, I mean, those are, you know, I just don't, I separate those from the person of Jesus. I I say, man, these, the words that this person, Jesus spoke, uh, or that that's recorded that he spoke are such powerful truths that i hold so dear to my heart mm-hmm. and, and so i still find value in that part of the whole god idea um and and not just that but as a human it's like i have a responsibility as a human i mean i created along with my ex-wife you know we created two children which is an unfucking believable miracle just crazy that out of our love we created two humans that didn't exist before and now do it's just crazy and uh (laughs) and so for me where does life come from or where you know for me it's about rather than i'm doing good so that i can have a big mansion in heaven fuck that ridiculous teaching i now i do because it's 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 not even a duty it's it's uh it's what we as humans do you you treat people like you want to be treated and you're, you, you try to invoke as much kindness and love and, and understanding and non-judgment. And man, I'll tell you what, I've become so uh, um, less of a judgmental person. I'm still human. I still, you know, judgmental, Mm -hmm. but, oh man, when I was a right wing fundamental Christian, that was my full-time job was judging i just judged everybody you know who's going to heaven who's going to hell and who's living right who's gonna be blessed who's gonna right. be cursed right and you were damn I good was, at it too man. i could <laughs> nobody could lay down a judgment better than timmy gibson i was a master at it 
And, you know, <laughs> I, to free myself up from that and, and the new relationships that I'm, you know, getting into and new friends, you know, especially that's through the divorce. I mean, the divorce, obviously, you know, it's a whole, as you know, I mean, it just opens you up to a whole nother world. Oh, um, yeah. Like literally I'm living a whole nother life. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Uh, the things that I'm encountering and what, one of the things that I'm learning is there's a lot of really good fucking people in the world who aren't at all religious. <laughs> right. <laughs> They right. Don't do anything right. And they don't. I mean, they don't do anything when it like G, talk about Jesus. They don't. That's not their reference point. Some of the most moral, upstanding, honest friends that I've made recently are on the opposite spectrum for me. They're not atheists, but they they were not raised in church at all. They didn't even go on Christmas right. and Easter. Like they never went, and yet they're <laughs> good and moral and honest and and. I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't supposed to be that way. Like, you know what I mean? Like the good people are the Christians and yeah. the non-Christians are the bad people. Like, but you know, the, one of the things that also my journey led me to understand as a 30 year evangelical pastor, and statistically this proved out to be true. I did all the research. People in the church and people out of the church are the fucking same. People that are in the church are addicted to drugs. People out of the church are addicted to drugs. People in the church have affairs. Right. People out of the church have affairs. People in the church get divorced. People out of the church get divorced. Like there is literally no difference. You know what I mean? So you can't say, well, yeah, Christians have less yeah. divorce or Christians have less addictions. No, no. Right. We're right. all human and we're all exactly the fucking same. So, right. so what is the benefit of religion? Right, like, what is the, the and that's that's kind of where I that's where I was going with the prayer thing, you know. That I, I mean, again, I you know, I'm not sure how this fits into my old my you know, entire my whole thought process here, but but again, it started to bother me that everything had to be this airtight system, meaning that you know, if you would have said that, why is there just amount you know this amount of uh, divorce in the Christian church? You know, there would have been an answer to it, right? I mean, there was. There was some reason I remember, and, and I won't get the details right, but um, Michael Polanyi was this, you know, uh, scientist back in the 50s, the modern era or something. And, and you know, he tells this story about, you know, how in that world, the, the, the talk that I listened to was on tacit knowledge. And he's basically trying to say, you know, how in the modern era, everything had to be, you know, you couldn't believe it unless it was locked down by science. And Yet there is a lot of things that we believe that aren't that can't be necessarily explained. And he uses this example of some tribe in Africa or somewhere that had this, you know, potion for a snake bite. And if you did these eight things in the exact order and based on, you know, the 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 recipe here, after you get bit, you'd be fine. Well, what happened then is after they did those eight things or whatever, the person one person still died. And so of course they had to come up with an explanation on that. And because in their minds, we don't like as humans to have these unopened loops because of the ambiguity and the tension that it that it brings, right. right? And so we always end up coming back to close those up in some way. And that started to bother me. You know, it was like every little nuance that you would bring to someone in the church, there was a reason that they could come and not be willing to, you know, have some of these gray spaces. And I kind of enjoy living in the gray spaces better than I do in the black and white. Yes. 
Yeah, someone, when I, I mentioned earlier, someone asked me, you know, do you, do you believe in, or do you think there's a heaven or a hell or whatever? And when I said, no, not really, I think we create our own heaven and hell here, and blah, blah, you know, just kind of was talking about what I kind of feel or what I think. And they said, well, how do you deal with the uncertainty? And I said, you know, that's a, I never, I hadn't really thought of it before, but my value and my comfort doesn't come from certainty. Like that's not, you know, I'm, mm. I don't, that's, I don't, I don't get comfort from certainty. Everything about life is uncertain. I mean, I, you know, I, I could, a plane could crash into my apartment right. building today. I mean, that's like, right. there's no certainty with anything. So if you can't live with uncertainty, holy shit, you can't live. And so for me, it, it, right. I had so much uncertainty in life in general, anyway, on certain things that the one thing that I'm certain of is uncertainty. <laughs> and, I, and it to me, it brings me much comfort, like not knowing if there's a heaven or a hell. Well, I know I'm a good person and I'm right. good. Of course, I jokingly will tell evangelical Christians, I'll say, you know, I accepted Jesus when I was seven. So regardless, I'm good, even if that ends up being true. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if Jesus is standing at the gate All going, right. hey, motherfucker, did you believe in me? Yes. Okay, you're in. <laughs> right. You know, so either way right. I'm good, I jokingly say, but 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 the reality is for me it's 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 the it what is is. Whether I believe it or not, what is is, right? right? So like the value of money, it's what we say it's worth. It's not what it is that it is. No, what it is is it is. It's a piece of paper that says it has a number on it and that's right. like that's what is, but the value of it is determined upon what I put into it. So Right. You know, back to your initial, the value of religion. I mean, yes, I think there is some value in believing in a, a higher power that that is affectionate towards us in general, in the sense of as humanity mm -hmm. and all of that. But gosh, I mean, man, my brain's going all over the place. You know, then I go back to your earlier comment about the Sapiens book and the all the different species of humans and like, well, what was that purpose? Like, if humans are valuable, like, why don't we have all the species around still today? And why? Right. And I know why. I know what they say. I know in the book they talk about how yeah. our ability to believe in myths or to share stories and work together is what kept us going and evolving and, and going and going. Whereas, right. you know, the, the Neanderthals, for example, were just big brute muscle and they couldn't right, work together right. as much as we could. So 20 of us could take on five of them and win by right, sheer numbers. Right. So I get that part. But if God's a was... God of design, exactly. he, so he would have thought he, he would have had a purpose for the Neanderthals right. and stuff. And yet we're not seeing that. We're just seeing, we're just seeing them in the landscape of our own evolution. Yep. Not necessarily that, well, we got this trait from them. You'd think, okay, well, maybe that's how God used it then. But again, you don't see that. Yeah. Why wouldn't God just, according to the Bible... See, here's right. the thing. According to the Bible, there is no room for Neanderthals or de denizens. What God created exactly. Adam and Eve, two white people with blue eyes. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it's right. funny. But you know, God created Adam and Eve. Well, okay. One, explain all the different species of humans. If they, if God created the first two, then they would have been exactly the same species and would have reproduced two Pomeranians forever forever will only reproduce pomeranians 
There's no right. fucking right. way that two Pomeranians are going to one day right. create a Great Dane. Fuck no. That's not how it works. <laughs> right. But, you know, a Great Dane right. fucks a poodle and then a poodle. Then fuck, the next thing you know, you got all these different things. So, so explain that, right? I mean, explain that. That's not – you can't fucking make sense of that biblically or with theo- theological uh, rambles. You can't explain all the species – and what was their purpose? And you definitely can't say, well, the mystery things belong to God. Oh, shut the fuck up. Um, don't give me that right, dumb answer. Right. Let's have a conversation. Let's see what, let, let's talk about it. I mean, not to go back right. even further. What If God is, God created Adam and Eve like us, smart, educated, right off the bat. That's how the perception is. So, yeah, explain the the people that beat on drums with sticks and would throw arrows and like weren't didn't invent computers or i mean yeah right. like what if god is really god's if god created us and we're made in his image we wouldn't we wouldn't have been created dumb early on we'd have been created brilliant right off the bat well and back to your point you know uh, i've thought about this you know like what if in the end i get to this place and and it's and 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 i got it wrong you know how how disappointed i'm going to be in myself that for so many years of my life, I believed in, in the right thing, right? I mean, when I got there and it was like, I got it wrong, and then I moved away from it, I thought, oh, man, could I have just not held on to that belief for you know another 30, 40 years? I had it right initially, but I don't think like that. Whenever I get there, you know, you use the example of Jesus at the pearly gates, you know, I literally think I will break down more in tears of joy that this was what I was searching for and it was real, whether it's, you know, you know, as well as I do, there's just no way that man can describe God in the form that, uh, you know, uh, Gilbert talks about in his, this in his book, you know, we're just not good at being able to imagine yeah. what the future is going to be like. And certainly when you look at something as, is, you know, great as God, there's no way that we're going to be able to use words exactly. to describe um, him or her in that capacity, right? right? And so how we have it described in the Bible is the way that we talk about it, but it's probably not going to look like that, even for Christians who believe right. in, in that story, shouldn't even believe in it, right? But I think in the end, if I do get there and it's like, there is something, I am searching for that. Right. That's, you know, me moving away from the faith is not me wanting to just go out and live this licentious lifestyle where I can do anything that Lance wants to do. Oh, exactly. It's 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 just another step in my journey of really seeking out what I hope in the end is there, and that is a God that was orchestrating some fashion or and of course at that point we you you know we will see right you know it, it more clearly right. and you we will understand understand it in many yeah. yeah we will understand right because we'll be on that side. Or it may not be that at all, but I don't see it as a moving away. I actually, you know, people might be like, well, would you be worried about losing your salvation? No, because I actually be, my heart tells me that in the end, I know the reasons that I've, I've, I've adopted and started to think like this. And it's certainly not to try to get lazy or to move away from a faith. It's to try to gain actually more of what I was seeking in the first place. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's why I say escaping religion and finding faith you know my yeah. my faith and my relationship to this higher power god he she whatever the whatever it is it, it, it it's 
it's it is my longing. I mean, you know, <laughs> just my personal story. It's right. it's my life. Yeah, you know, I'm known in yeah. Kansas City yeah. as what well, I'm trying to get away from the title pastor, but I'm known in the city as a as a quasi spiritual leader yeah. of some sort. So, yeah, this was a scary journey for me, but it was. It's also what I've I have always sought truth. I have always been in search of truth and you know my parents to their chagrin right i'm not an evangelical christian anymore um and we've had some good conversation as of late they've they've softened up some not on their beliefs but they softened up on where i'm at because they see that my my search and my my commitment is very genuine it's not like i'm in a ditch with a a meth a meth needle hanging out of my arm and i've lost i mean I'm still, you know, I'm still, I'm still right. working. I'm still teaching. I'm still an active, you know, member of this city. And, you know, so it's not like I've, I've become this prodigal son and gone off in wayward living. It's just that I am, you know, searching and, and understanding things differently. Um, and it's just been, it's been part of my, my journey, but it's, it like you, I share in the, I feel closer to this God I feel more connected to this God and yet, and still appreciate the scriptures and appreciate, you know, teachings of Buddha right. too. I mean, it's like, I appreciate any spiritual right. stuff. Um, I just see right. it different. You know, I just see it different. I don't, I don't look at it as so, like you said, black and white, there's a lot of gray and, and I don't, and gray is okay. You know, uncertainty is okay. Um, and I feel like I've lived a good life anyway, you know, even, even if I died and went to heaven and it it is just like what I was taught, um, early on, my curiosity didn't lead me down a bad road. Now to some people that are evangelical, they would think so, because they think I've left the faith, but you know, in the sense of God, I know, you know, he's our creator. If it, if the Bible, if all the stuff I was taught was true, I really do believe, I don't believe that. But if it is, when I die, all it will be is a big reunion and Jesus will go, man, I know it was tough to believe with this and that. I mean, I feel like it would be like, I'd just be welcomed because I'm not, I'm not doing any bad things and I'm not, I'm not telling people to hate Jesus and burn down every cross you see and like I'm not doing right. any of that. So I think that if God is the creator of man, I mean, if I if you drive a certain car and it's just having issues, who the fuck's that? Whose fault is it? If you're doing all the maintenance, if you're doing all the whatever, you go to the maker. Like, man, what the right. fuck's wrong with my car? Like, Lexus better get their shit together. Like, this car's, you know, it'd be the right. same way. Like, God can't create you fucked up and then blame you for being fucked up. So right, right. I think there's a lot of grace. Um, I just, I, you know, in that, that kind of that sense, I think you understand the word grace. I just think there's a lot of room. And I don't think what we expect as religious people is what God expects. I think there's been a, a big disconnect. I, I, if, you know, if Jesus is in heaven and could look down, I literally think he'd be looking down going, oh my gosh, guys, that's not what I fucking meant. You guys right. totally, you guys right. totally misunderstood what I was saying. I didn't say follow me like I'm the only one you should follow. What I'm saying is, I said love your enemies. Follow me in that that love right. thing, you right. idiots. You know, I didn't right. say make a religion around me that people have to believe specifically <laughs> only in me. 
Like, come on, guys. I've just been around 33 years. What about all the guys that lived 100,000 years ago? You stupid guy. You know, like. <laughs> right. And, right. And, which is, which is, you know, again, this is, you know, we're probably starting to kind of belabor the conversation a little bit. But, but you know, again, one of the things that I struggled with was just, um, you know, I'm sure there's some term out there for this, but just this can, you know, when, when there's, when you confirmation bias, basically, when you believe in something, right. And there's an interpretation behind it. I mean, you and I, right. We've been trained in hermeneutics. And so you, you know, you look at certain scriptures, you know, how to, uh, you know, do the analysis around, you know, verifying the text and you, you know, looking at the, the commentaries, but, but all those, all those are still building off of the same, you know, train of thought that's been passed down for forever. I can't remember. There's like a famous um, story. It's not a spiritual story. It's about some doctor that believed, uh, I think he was, and again, I won't get the, the details right, but there was something about wanting to understand why newborns were dying or somebody was dying. And they, he was basically positing this, this concept that, it's because of bacteria, but the way that the doctors believed at that time that they didn't understand death or whatever it was that they were analyzing. That's how right. it happened. There was like, that's just not possible because that's not how you die is through bacteria. And right. he kept saying, no, 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 it is. And I guess they, you know, threw him in jail and did all this other stuff because, you know, he thought he was crazy. And then after he was dead, you know, maybe it was a hundred years or whenever it was, but they came to say that, no, that was exactly how it was being, you know, death was being, and so they, they, you know, it, mortality rate went up by 80, 90% because they all started washing their hands very good before they went in and did these surgeries or whatever the case yes. may be. And so again, but it's like when you have a train of thought that you just continue to build on it, it never, it just keeps to continue perpetuating itself and you never seem to get to a better place. And I think until I started reading people like Eckhart Tolle or Tolle or however you say it, yeah. and I, you know, in the, in the beginning, in the power of now, I started reading that book and, and I was like, damn, man, this is some wild shit. Like this is, you know, like, I don't even know what he's talking about. He's so far out there and weird and wacko, yeah. you know? Right and, right. and then I started getting more into the book and kind of started understanding a little bit of the terms he used. And then he started bringing in scripture and I was like, Okay, the audacity, man, of him to bring me like, come on, I've got, you know, I got a master's degree here. That's not how you interpret this text at all. But he had a different angle on it. And I started thinking, I was like, the only reason I'm interpreting the text like that is because, and again, I could throw out any text to you today and you could give me what the traditional interpretation of that text has been. Yes. And, and it's because of confirmation bias, right? We, right. we just keep, you keep preaching what Matthew Henry put in his commentary yes. <laughs> and you know the theologians that are out there they're all referencing you know that it just it's like there's never been nice diversion and if you divert from that you're seen as a heretic like the the doctor was when it came to the bacteria yep. and so we just keep perpetuating these lies and unfortunately they're there for a lot of people there's just no middle ground for someone like you or i we've left the flock and we're on a different path now headed toward hell and those other people are still on that i mean again uh, I always, when I first got into meditation and I started thinking about it, I thought, man, you see the word meditate come up in scripture. I was like, yep. this would be a great doctoral thesis, but what do you and I see when we, or at least for me, I've been told that, that meditation, Christian meditation, isn't so much the emptying of the mind as much as it's filling it with God's word. Right. And, but yet whenever I read about meditation, 
you know, from Tolly and some of these others, I thought, why aren't we incorporating this into our spiritual disciplines? This is huge. Yeah. And, and even if you want to, you know, maybe you focus on the breath in some meditation, but other, other meditation forms, you, you focus on a repetitive phrase. Make that repetitive phrase something from scripture. I'm fine with that. But again, it's never really delved into its new age. It's thought of as something outside of the traditional interpretation of how we've done something. And so that started to make me kind of question things a little bit as well, because I thought maybe others are on to a truth that I'm not aware of, but I'm just not willing to listen because, again, you know, everything that I hear, I'm just going to keep coming back and confirming what I already know. Right. Yeah. The confirmation bias. Have you seen the movie uh, The Village? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh. Okay, you got to get it. You got to see it. You got to like literally okay. blow your mind. I'll give you the the main concept of it. Okay. The, the main concept is the village. There's a village that's surrounded by a forest. The forest is evil. No one survives the forest. There's only evil out beyond the forest. So mm. stay in the village. Okay. Okay. So I someone, can kind of see where this so, is going yeah, a little bit. <laughs> someone decides. Someone decides right. that they want to wander beyond the village, and next thing you know, they're in Dallas, Texas, in 2020. <laughs> and, and, and the village is like. Uh, way and all this way. country music and they're like we told you do yeah. not leave the village there's country music out there and cowboy hats you should have been staying here but right. i mean it's it, you can see in the movie it's amazing it really is a powerful movie because i feel like i was in a village and was taught yeah this is god yeah. this is the devil this is his son this is the holy spirit this is heaven this is this this is how you go here this is what to do this is what not to do here's what to believe here's what not to believe and it was all tightly packed in this little village community and i ventured out beyond the village to go holy shit like there's a whole world out here and yeah, there's right. like everything that you said was going to happen out here didn't happen and right so not because to me if true is if something's true then it's true everywhere all the time for all people and so when when you hear you know if you tithe you'll be blessed okay now i I'm, i believe in charitable giving i do um right. i think that's an important right. generosity no, obviously an important human element. yeah yeah but I also have seen the the toxicity there that people feel like if they do give that they will automatically their investments will increase and this will happen and it's like no it doesn't work that i know people that use the charitable giving that are atheists and they're rich i know a guy that was mm -hmm. a christian uh, he's a he's a cousin through my ex he was a big time radio dj christian radio dj like famous in tulsa oklahoma famous he is now an atheist, and he has a podcast called The Thinking Atheist, and he's got like 500,000 subscribers. He's a millionaire. Wow. All from his wow, atheist. Wow, interesting. So he jumped ship from and, – and he's more blessed, and I talked to him just not too long ago. Matter of fact, he's thinking about having me on his podcast. I think the challenge is because I'm not atheist. I'm sure that won't work out real well, but um, <laughs> right, you know, some of his followers that might be like, yeah, I think I'm a little bit more. I believe there's something. I'm going to jump on Timmy's bandwagon, but anyway, he uh, right. 
great guy, really neat, really neat guy. He's one of the, the kind of atheists that give back and do volunteer stuff. He's a very active uh, atheist and, and believes in humanity. The only thing I really don't like about him, to be honest, or like about him, I like him. The only thing I don't like about some of his his talks and, and interviews, you know, it, he he's he sounds jaded. He sounds like a jaded religion guy, mm. you know. So that's the only mm-hmm. thing. And maybe just it's going to take some time mm-hmm. for him to get further away from it. But it's like the person that gets divorced and they fucking hate all men or they hate all women and all women right, are crazy. Right. All men are all they want is right. sex. Blah, blah, blah. It's like. Oh my gosh! Like, oh my right. gosh! You have a skewed worldview. Um, so you know, I, I don't think there's as an athe- typically atheists think that you know it's like harmful to believe in any kind of god. You know, I I just don't view. I don't think I think it's harmful. I think it's you believe whatever the fuck you want to believe. Full to be criticizing other people for their beliefs if it's working for them. So you know, I'm not the the atheist thing is is a, that's a big stretch for me. Um, anyway, have you found I, I, that, yeah. Well, I was going to say, have you found that a lot of, have you, you know, in your interactions and you, you know, we obviously, you know, birds of the same feather flock together. And, and so we draw in people that are, you know, have similar interests to us in a lot of ways. Um, by the way, man, this is a total random, I got a, I got a great idea for a dating app on in machine learning that we should talk about. Ooh, um, that'd be interesting. It always made me think of that as because when I, uh, might've thinking how in the world did he get there from that thought? I, I, I've got this running, uh, hypothesis with my wife now that, that mm-hmm. people who are attracted to each other, they look similar. And so, and she's oh. like, we look nothing alike. And so, uh, it made me think that because birds of the same feather flock together. And so my mind instantly went to this theory that I have on how people are attracted together, but we can, we can go there if you want to. But um, I guess my question is, have you found people like yourself, like you and me? I mean, I shouldn't say a lot, but is there more and more people like that out there? Or oh my God, yeah. have you found that they're either so, okay. So they're not necessarily like they've, they they didn't believe before and they just don't know what they believe but or they were atheists you're saying people that strongly believe and i guess the the nuance though that i'm asking it is have they gone toward just the atheist route completely or are there people that are still in that searching phase and if some new truth came about that that did open up the scriptures and they were true they'd be right back on board with it because yeah. in all reality, they're still searching for that ultimate truth. We're, we're in the whole spectrum of people. Where do you, are you finding many people like that? Yeah. Yeah. I would say most people are uh, either nominally religious, meaning they were raised in church. So it's their baseline. Now they're not practicing, but they would believe that there's some kind of God, you know, something really special. Um, mm-hmm. and then, then the, the next group, I would say, I have some, a lot of good friends that are now agnostic, meaning maybe, maybe not. Right. I don't know. I mean, they're right. just like, right. like they just like, yeah, they're just in that agnostic phase. I think that's the way it is. Right. It's like atheist means there is no God. Agnostic means, I don't know. And then of course, then religious or, you know, spiritual, I would say then spiritual and religion are, are close. I think if right. you're religious, you are spiritual, but I don't, I think you can be spiritual without being religious because I, I, how I view it is religious means you're tied to a religion. So if you're, if you believe in something out there, but you're not tied to a particular religion, then you're spiritual. 
But yeah, yeah, if, that's you're a, distinction. if you're a Buddhist or if you're an evangelical Christian, you're religious just by simply being attached to a religion. Anyway, so right. yeah, that, that's a, I, I do. I find that most people believe there's something, but they just have come to find that the Bible like clearly isn't like God didn't write it. You know, which even right. those, those of right. us that went to seminary and, you know, I mean, right. Which I'm curious. I, do you think the Bible is God's word or man's word or neither or both or. I think that it I, I don't I think, you know, well, this is where I'm at today. Right. Um, in 2020, I, I. I originally thought that it was, you know, divinely inspired and, you know, every little jot and tittle was, you know, a part of it, but. I never really understood that. And when, and maybe this is, again, it's like when you look back and you reconstruct, how did I get here? This might've been one of those things, right? Whenever I was seminary, I took a class called textual, you know, criticism. And so, you know, they, you, you learn how to, in the Greek, go back and look at manuscripts. Right. And, and obviously the oldest ones are, are, you know, the best, but there's all this criteria, right. Of how, you know, something can be validated. And it's not just for, for, you know, scripture, it's, what Iliad and, you know, all these other, uh, I think it's Iliad, but anyway, you know, all these other ancient writings that are out there. I mean, this is just, this is a, a form, a science of, of how they go back and look at the veracity of some of these texts. And so, you know, there was, there was deviations in how the text would go right at times. And so, you know, they taught you how to go look at different manuscripts and understand, but, but there were certain manuscripts, of course, that held more weight than others because, they were just older. And so, you know, the closer you can get to the time that it happened, then that makes more sense. That it was probably recorded more accurately. And, you know, why the Septuagint was a good interpretation of, of how the, um, you know, the, the Greeks understood the old Testament and, right. you know, and so all those things were interesting to me, but it made me start to think that, okay, if there's an interpretation, then, how, then why isn't it God's word and what's God's word? Is it the oldest manuscripts? Is it what we have today? It doesn't, it, to me, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, it, my faith, my faith continues and my journey continues to find, and again, I, I, you know, find myself still praying in the same ways that I did whenever I was, you know, walking in that line of thinking, you know, and, and, uh, you know, still using the terms of, uh, you know, heavenly father and in in Christ's name, you know, I pray, you know, all these, yeah. I mean, I, I've not gotten away from those things because I don't necessarily think that I have to. Um, but, but I also, you know, back to answer your question specifically, I think that there are an incredible amount of spiritual and divine truths that are found in the scriptures. And it doesn't matter to me if it's man-made or if everything was, uh, you know, has to be inspired by God, it it just, yeah, it just doesn't, it's not really that it it doesn't hold any bearing to how I'm using the scriptures in my journey today. And that doesn't mean that I'm sitting there like, well, I'm going to go with this one, but I'm going to throw that part of it out because I don't like it. I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at all of it and think, why would it say that and say this here? And maybe they contradict or maybe they don't contradict. Maybe there's just some understanding that I'm missing that it doesn't allow the connection to be made between those. Well, we've you know, always I mean, made, that's, we've always, we've always made, yes. uh, we've always picked yes. and choose. Even when we were super hardcore religious. I mean, think about it. 
I mean, the Bible teaches in support of slavery. The Bible teaches in the degradation of women, the superiority of men. Right. Uh, the Bible right. teaches, you know, if you want uh, multiple wives, uh, the Bible teaches. I mean, there's a lot of things if you really, you know, the, the Bible teaches Jesus strongly was against divorce um, and never addressed right. homosexuality. Right. Uh, so we clearly have been picking and choosing all along. So when people even say, well, Timmy, you're just picking and choosing now, I'm like, come on, you're picking and choosing too. The Bible teaches against right. interracial marriage. Well, you're gonna, I haven't heard any sermons right. on that recently. You know, it's like, right. uh, it's like, come on. You know, it's like clearly, clearly it's the word, in my opinion, it's the word of man yes. about God. That doesn't mean I that agree. it's bad. It doesn't mean it's bad. doesn't mean that it's not no. rich with unbelievable powerful stories but it also allows me to not believe that jonah was swallowed by an actual large fish like i right uh, like i that's i mean that was early on i started getting away from that but for the longest time i was a literalist i believed that jonah was swallowed by a large fish and it was a miracle. Right. Or Balaam's donkey wasn't able to talk to him or whatever that was (laughs) all actual accounts um, but then, you know, like right. the, stand, the sun standing still, it's like <laughs> that, <laughs> it right. appeared as right. though exactly. that was happening. Maybe. I mean, I'm, that, right. that I'm okay with that. But the fact that some people believe it, nope, it actually, God worked a miracle and stood it. Like, do you realize <laughs> that's impossible? Right. Right. Like that, like, well, that, and, and when you, when you, you know, you and I, we've, we've doubled in your, you know, uh, kind of played a little bit in the, the meditation world, right? And a lot of those teachings come from Buddha and some of them. And again, I don't read, when I read quotes from them, I don't sit there and think, okay, I'm reading the word of God. You know, it's like like a Buddhist might, you know, and I don't know how they view scripture or their their scriptures in, in the same way or not. But but again, I, I look at it as spiritual teaching that's, that's getting me in it. And it's not, my foundation probably is Christianity. And I don't know that I necessarily ever get away from that because that's just the way that I've kind of been wired. Now, again, all the little things that we've talked about today, right? Those are all kind of nuances that certainly I've, you know, moved away from, or they're nuanced in different ways today. But, 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 you know, at the core, I mean, that's the foundation of of how I view a lot of things in the world today still. And so when I read a text from Buddha, I don't discount it as this is heresy because it's not from scripture. I think, this is another interpretation of the world that I'm trying to seek after, which is, you know, maybe giving me an insight from a different angle that I wouldn't have had before in the spiritual world or the spiritual journey that I'm having. That's why I was, you know, very fascinating by Eckhart Tolle's interpretations in the power of now yeah. at times. I thought, man, he, you're right. I could see that that's a valid interpretation. And maybe that's even closer to what was meant, God by meant yeah. through the, you know, meant by it as opposed to, how we've always been interpreting this for, you know, hundreds and thousands of years. Right. No, I loved Eckhart Tolle's book, so, The Power of Now, and a lot of his insights and interpretation of, of uh, scripture, I thought, were enlightening. I mean, I loved it. I was like, ooh, yes. that's, I was like, ooh, that's an interesting way to look at that and consider it. And, you know, I, like you said, the, the collective, you know, I was taught in an evangelical church and then everything I read was written by evangelicals. And so, you know, I had saturated myself to think one thing, but, you know, clearly this is an, a debate or a conversation I've had with a lot of 
um, hardcore evangelicals is I'll say, okay, but what you're telling me, that's your interpretation. No, I'm just reading the Bible as it is. I'm like, okay, if that's the case, how is it that so many scholars and people's, people with masters of divinity and, and Bible interpretation and understanding Hebrew and Greek and Latin, and none of them agree <laughs> on what the right. Bible means right. and what it says. Right. So, you know, stop, right. stop telling me that you just believe the Bible as it is straight up and how God meant it. Whenever we're talking about thousands of years of interpretation and all the shenanigans, I'm sure, that went on between now and then what the document that we have today, that, you know, if maybe the original was written by God, which it wasn't, but I mean, it's like if the original was written by God, well, right. surely the version we have today right. is not. Right, right, <laughs> I mean, right. That, there's, there's so, no so, so let me ask you this question, and this is kind of, you know, coming full circle to everything we've talked about. So obviously scripture talks a lot about salvation and this idea of being born again, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to allow you off the hook by saying you can't just walk away from this, right? Like you and I, even though maybe we don't believe that scripture was divinely inspired, like we thought 20 years ago, we still believe that it gives us teachings, right? Yeah. So what is then in your interpretation of this? And again, not just, you know, I'm not going to let you off right. the hook by just saying born again, because maybe that could just be, well, it's this idea of kind of looking to renew yourself a little bit. It goes in, you know, scripture goes into a little bit deeper view. So, so again, maybe knowing that it's, it's not completely accurate, but there's probably some truth to it. What is the truth then that you find in the whole salvation process or being born again? Yeah, I do. You know, so 2019 was the darkest, darkest days of my life. You know, it was post-divorce, um, and you know, I, I moved out in May of 2019 and just was in the darkest of days and, you know, was going to therapy and seeing a counselor, two different counselors yeah. and really just working through, through my shit. And there was a born again experience, but it wasn't, it wasn't the religion one, the religious one. It was a, mm -hmm. a finding of who I was and it was a being in the wilderness you know, it, it was Job. Everything yeah. was taken from Job. I mean, I went from, you know, sleeping next to, you know, a wonderful woman and having, you know, two kids and a cat and two dogs and waking up in the morning. The dogs are barking, letting the dogs feeding this and doing that. And the chaos and the kids go off to school and ah! like all that stuff. And then literally I moved out, <laughs> had two suitcases and I left that house and never went back. And now my kids have gone on, but um, you know, they're adults, but my first stay outside the house was in, in an Airbnb. I, I rented a room in the basement of someone's house. I was at the bottom, nothing, everything yeah, was spilled out. I wow. literally, when Jesus, you know, that story of when Jesus had that encounter with, um, the rich young ruler and he said, how can I have eternal life? And he says, sell everything you have and give to the poor. Well, then the other, the other, con the other interaction that Jesus had with that a person that said, you know, how, how must I be saved? Or no, what's the most important commandment? And, and Jesus right. said, you love the Lord God with all your heart and mind and soul and all your strength, whatever. I mean, it, it just buried it down to the bare bones. The, the, I really resonate with the selling everything you have. It doesn't mean, I don't think that story yeah. that was that Jesus was the only way you're going to make 
eternal life is to sell everything you actually have and give it to the poor and live in poverty. No, but it's 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 having things is okay, but things had means a lot to me in this culture. You know, I'm a list. Mm-hmm. I live in a little apartment, about six hundred and fifty square feet. It's very small. Everything I own is either in this apartment or in a teeny little storage in the basement here. Um, and I'm thrilled. I'm I couldn't be happier. Uh, but mm-hmm. to get to this place, there was a death a burial and a resurrection uh, for me. Yeah. And so I think the value of the salvation story is I think everybody needs to have a death, a burial and a resurrection and a, and a cleansing, you know, of, of what really does matter. What really is important. You know, a lot of the value of what, what I, some of the, you know, it's like when you pull away from something at first, you kind of pull away from it and think everything that is associated with it is bullshit. I did go through that, you know, where I was criticizing Christianity. And, you know, as I was walking away, I'm like, fuck mm-hmm. you kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then once I got all the way detached from everything and started kind of putting it back together, like what, what, I, what did I value? What did I believe? You know, some of those principles of the only thing that matters is love. And, you know, God is love, right? So the only thing that matters is God or love. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. all the rules, the dogma, the traditions, the the regulations, fuck all that shit. That's just men trying to come up with ways that they think that Mm -hmm. this is how you connect to God or this is how they perceive it or this is what they found valuable. Here's what I find valuable in my journey. Okay, well, that doesn't need to be everybody's way, right? You know, right. every we're all different. <laughs> yeah, the I think you, I may have mentioned this to you before, but um, as you were kind of describing that that process that you went through, and thank you for sharing that. That's yeah, it was. Uh, you know, anybody that's gone through that, they can understand those that moment that that first week, man, is oh. is hell. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, one of the books that was recommended to me when I was going through my divorce was called Transitions by William Bridges. And man, I've gone back to that. Tim Ferriss always asks people like, what's the book that you've gifted the most to people, obviously leading to the thing, you know, that this is an important book. And I haven't gifted a lot, man. If, if I had gifted it, this would be the one that, because he, he outlines this very simple process. And that is, he says with every transition, it's, it's not just a, a physical changing of your, you know, it's, it's a psychological kind of movement within you. And it's really this self, as I've read the book many times, I've learned that it's this self growth kind of uh, formula. And the formula is you start with an ending, then you go through this neutral zone and then you finally come into a new place. But what happens with the most of us, right? We start with a new beginning, you get divorced and emotionally you can't handle it. And, you know, you think you're going to get on your feet and do it all right. But then, you know, four days later, you're on, you know, Tinder or you're talking to somebody because emotionally you just can't handle it and you need something to distract you. And so you're immediately right back into a new relationship and you're not, you've not done any work to go through that kind of what I call that salvation process. Right. You know? And so that's why he kind of outlines the book in, um, you know, everything that you described, this this idea of being, you know, disenchanted of, you know, all the things that you thought you believed and that that don't seem to be real anymore. And, you know, this whole period of disorientation, you know, that you described, he describes kind of all that in that 
middle neutral zone, right? But he's like, you've got to first spend time understanding what you're getting out of and what got you into that place. And then you slowly kind of move into that weird place where you don't know what you're hanging on to. And then finally, then you come into a new you, right? And I feel like in a lot of ways that as he was describing that, and I can't remember exactly, he may have tied it back. He has some, you know, as I'm reading it, sometimes there's not overt references to scripture or Christianity, but I'm like, this guy probably feels like he's someone that, you know, that that's a Christian. And so um, whether he did or not, it was just that whole process made me feel like in a lot of ways, right. The Christian answer to, you know, what is repentance? Well, repentance is if you have a change of mind about something you were doing and now you no longer doing it, but that's, that's 99% of the time as Christians, right? Right. You feel like you've done something wrong and you're like, Oh, I don't like that. You do it again the next day. Oh, I don't like that. You know, we're not really changing our mind. And it's because we've not really gone through that holistic transition or salvation being born again process and whatever it is. And I think you outlined it perfectly, but I guess my question for you is what is that in in Christianity, right? It's that you are now a believer. You're going to go to heaven. You're going to live eternity with God. What's the, what's the new, what's the, the new you What's the ending or how am I, you kind of, you can understand kind of what I'm asking. Sure, sure. What's that reborn process that you are then based on the, the interpretation that you gave of salvation? Becoming more uh, a person of love. I, I think for me, mm. it really does boil down to the message of, you know, uh, in scripture, it says that Jesus went about doing good and healing and and often it would say Jesus was, he saw the crowds and he was moved with compassion or moved with love, moved with agape. And so for me, the more I move into love for all people um, and for myself, that's a big one, and and stop judging myself. A lot of my judgment of others was really, it was out of a judgment for myself as well. Um, that's where the shame and guilt comes from. Usually people that are super judgmental are also very shame filled. And usually yeah, shame is, yeah. a, is a product of, of judgment, but our judgment's an outflow from, from shame. And so, you know, Brene Brown, I love all her teachings, but so yeah, I'm, oh, I'm moving love, closer yeah. to love and, and she, man, she's, I've listened to some of her recent podcasts. She's on a similar journey like we are and is coming to a whole new understanding of, of, the faith that we were quote born into, right? I mean, you and I would mm-hmm. be having a whole nother conversation if we were in India and both of us were uh, coming out of Hinduism Absolutely. or st- still in Hinduism, you know, it, it, like our whole worldview would be all different. Like it'd be so different. And so to, yeah. to be able to single out any one religion and say, no, this is the right one and the one that God really intended. It is. Yeah. I, I don't know right. what that is, but it is right. what it is. Okay, so let's shift gears because yeah. I've got uh, a Zoom meeting coming up. So I want to shift gears, and I have to talk about – and we'll have to do this again. I really do. I want to have another conversation because I'm I'm curious yeah. on, on a few other things in the spiritual journey too just because you and I share so much. But let's shift gears into the final, final little phase of this talk that I always like to bring this shit up. And that is <laughs> aliens and UFOs. So let's let's start with uh, a couple fun questions. Number one, do you think that aliens have been to Earth and that Area 51 or Roswell or any of that? Do you do you believe in any of that? Like Bob Lazar, his stories, 
what what do you think on that i i haven't spent you know it's probably not a fair question because i haven't spent enough time in the details i'm not really this sci-fi kind of guy right but i will say that based on kind of my understanding of how the human mind is wired i don't think that there there are aliens i think that there's probably some weird stuff that's happened yeah and i think in in because of again it kind of comes back to this conversation that we were having we want to believe that there is something outside of what's going on here in this sphere that we're a part of it's and ambiguity almost kind of connotes this idea that you know there there must be something that I don't understand, and so therefore I'm going to throw it into this category of aliens or UFOs. Yeah. It makes me feel like even though there's some weird stuff now, again, somebody may come back and present something and say, you know, how do you? I saw something on you know CNN a clip the other night or something. The Defense Department, you know, uh, released yeah, some video, video, and you. Yeah, the guys were like, look at this, you see in this, you know, and again, it's like, I don't know, I'm not into that world enough to see all those kind of things. But, you know, I've, I've been around long enough to know with these conspiracy theories and all these other types of things that usually there's a little bit of truth and plausibility to yes. it, but there's probably a whole lot of stuff that you can poke holes yeah. in. And it just makes me think, you know, how does this really influence my day to day? It doesn't. But again, my place I land on is no, I don't think. Okay. So you don't, so you don't believe that the gut, and I I don't either. I mean, I do believe uh, that there is life out beyond earth. I I just don't know about the aliens here on earth thing. Cause I'm like, man, how could you hide that for so long? So, so you definitely don't subscribe to the government has aliens in storage and they're running tests. on them. Okay. Cause that's, I mean, I listen to Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, uh believes that uh because there's been yeah i mean he kind of believes that the government does have alien technology or out of this world technology that they're trying to re-engineer or to reversal what's that called Mm -hmm. where you you take something that's already done and you re-engineer it to build it yourself yeah yeah uh yeah and so with a lot of joe rogan but see here's the part that i struggle with though I well, and that's the thing, you know, right? It's like you got somebody who's a rational guy and a good thinker, right? And it's like, but, but again, <laughs> you, you and I both know that there's a lot of good, smart, rational people oh, yeah. out there that believe in Christianity yes, too. <laughs> so, so <laughs> that's that's where I like, you know what yes. I'm saying? Like that rule applies like, to all things, how do you, right? <laughs> it does, right? But, but again, I'm like the other part of me though that says it's like if that's really the case, then why? why aren't we able to find life? You know, I mean, you know, we've not been able to find it yet. And this is one of the things that came out of my trip out to LA when I went to JPL was, and again, you and I have this certain plausibility structure or construct, right? That the way life is formed is, is through sunlight and it needs water and all this. But this, uh, one of Michelle's friends was basically saying, we don't know that life may be formed in completely different elements in some other world. And so therefore, you know, yeah, yeah, oxygen isn't necessary and, and all right. that. Yeah, it isn't necessary. And so, you know, when these people come to our world, it's like we 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 make these like ET look kind of like us. They've got heads and hands. But if that's not the way life is formed in other planets, then it's like life could look in something that we've never even been able to even imagine. Right. And so that's why I still it comes back to me that I feel like in a lot of ways the UFOs is just another man you you know kind Man-made. of a fabricated construct by man that that fits within kind of how we see ourselves. 
aliens still have heads and arms and eyes. Well, that's because we have heads, arms, and eyes, and we don't know how to think about them from any other aspect other than that. That That's beautiful because I, I watched a, a seminar on, on Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ and the man Jesus. It's a, it's uh, I forget the guy's name. If you type in, uh, did Jesus exist? It'll pop up on YouTube. It's, it's a Lazarus. Oh, I can't think of the guy's name. It's Razzle something. But anyway, he, uh, again, evangelical Christian. Now he's not, but he, he, he's a, uh, expert on Jesus. Um, the man, the man, okay. Jesus, he believed Jesus actually right, did right. exist. Um, and he was a carpenter, but he was very poor and illiterate and yada, yada. So it was, it's a very, it's a fascinating, I'll send you the link after this, but just a fascinating okay. lecture okay. on, on Jesus and the, the, what he said is, is that Jesus, the Christ, is malleable, meaning in Africa, he's more black. In you know, Asia, he's mm -hmm. oriental or whatever. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I said that wrong. But you know, uh, or in Asia, he's right. Asian. Asian. Uh, in, in, <laughs> you know, in uh, Scotland, he's you know, Irish. Or, you know, it's like wherever, wherever right. you go, right. Jesus is malleable. In other words, his voice is our voice, you know. And he looks and resembles us. That's how we can relate to right, him. Right. So yes, that makes sense. That you know, just like the the Christian message is maybe has some there's a, a sprinkle of truth in there, but it's a lot of what we've put on it. It's the same thing with the with aliens. We want to perceive that they would even fly around in a ship. That they would even need a ship. You know, right. like us, like we right. need to be in right. Something. We need an airplane, right. so therefore they right. must have a yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. So yeah, so uh, clearly, um, who knows? Yeah, and think about how much our view of aliens has been influenced by like that Close Encounters of the Third right. Kind, right? I mean, I, I don't know if that was the first, but, you know, again, I can still see. So if you ask me about aliens, my mind immediately starts to imagine some sort of ship coming down and, you know, hovering a little bit above the earth and, you know, sucking people up yeah. in it and all this. Right. Because that's the power of, uh, you know, of, of anchoring a thought yeah. in your mind. You that that's that's what you then therefore interpret other things. In I, I view mind. it as a little guy in a little basket on the front of my BMX bike. <laughs> you know, et man <laughs> that would be awesome like, uh, you could keep them in your pocket yeah i mean uh, you know the, the uh, neat what the wild thing that i would love and i'm i've probably this will never happen but what would be awesome is if there was like just to say i mean i'm gonna just say something crazy here but let's just say an alien ship did come they came down, they said, hey, we come to bring you peace, but we come to share your story with us or share your story with you. You know, you all want to know how it all began. Come here, look at this mm -hmm. big screen, and we're going to show you how it all happened. And and you'd just be like, oh, <laughs> fucking hey, that explains it. Like, I'm super fascinated with, I love shows about, time travel and going back in time there's especially one thing called time machine and he goes all the way back to the beginning and then he goes all the way out to the future and it, it's just a fascinating movie but even when you think about um mm. a lot of things that amaze me when you get into archaeological stuff that you know like right here in kansas city like this was all underwater at one point um and and or a glacier mm. of ice like this isn't this isn't maybe it's like it's right. a fact like I, I mean according to what they know 
that right. this was all right the yeah. ice age or whatever but what what's the like what, what yeah. was the purpose of the dinosaurs you know you get into this whole you know god creation and if god has a purpose and all that yeah well what was yeah. what was what's the point in that why right. did we have dinosaurs and we right. don't have them anymore right. Yeah, it's almost like he got right, it right. Like, yeah, you know what? Like, Maybe oh we... shit, these these things yeah. are way too big to live in the world that I envisioned. I, okay. <laughs> you know, and according what would they say? Well, God can't be that. He's omniscient. He knows everything. Well, okay. So think about this. Think you know, about this, and then and then we'll end it. And we'll talk about this topic next time, more in depth. But something that I just had this weird thought, and I'm thinking, okay, if God is all knowing, why would He make us? To where he would then need to kill his son to pay the price. Like, couldn't he have done a better job? Couldn't he have done it? Couldn't he have just like, like done it in a way where there was no need? Could, right. could he have had another way of doing it? Like, okay, you're going to cut down seven apple trees and then you're saved. I mean, it's just like, why? If he's God, right. he can set it up however he wishes. Why? Why this? Right. Why sacrifice? Right. That's just weird. Which almost seems to be a point in time type of thing, right? That if 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 the Bible was written from today, we we would not. I mean, the Book of Timothy, right? Right, Gibson. <laughs> we would not. You wouldn't have come up and said like you sacrifice your sons because it's just not the way that no. we think about this act of dying or giving back so even that in and of itself that we put so much weight in right gives you a point in time reference to the fact that sacrifice back then must have been a way for them to show you know this uh this act of sacrifice right, right, right. you know to use the term right. sacrifice you know what i'm saying like like it's, it's coming back to what we were saying like it seems like that was written from their perspective but is that the way the neanderthals thought about it or the you know i, I don't know but it's just you're right like he could have designed it any way. Why did he design it like that? And it seems to almost lead to the fact that that's just the way that the writers at that time understood it, because in that point in time, right, that's what exactly you did. You sacrificed right. your lambs and things yeah, like to, that to eat, to be fed. So, you had to sacrifice. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's how you sustain right. life. Yeah. Like today, money's a right. big thing for you and me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, man. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, no. We seriously, we need to have another conversation. We need to we need to do a part two uh, because there's a lot of thoughts okay. within the actual framework of how you and I used to believe. Um, I want to talk about about that journey because there was there was a lot of other questions that I had written down of questions that I wanted to you know just. We'll have to do part two. Right. Sounds good, man. I, I love doing it. And again, thanks for, if anybody's even still listening at this point. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they are. Uh, I, a, I, I did a three hour podcast the other day and it's got the most views of all mine. So oh, yeah. That's awesome. Three that's hours. Awesome. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a lots of like different topics. Like I said, when we were texting, you know, just the, the concept of uh, happiness I'm super interested in and, and uh, like I said, the transitions and that whole thing and, and just, but yeah, it, it's interesting. I think when you, you end up having all the conversations, there's this common theme through all of them. And it's this searching for the truth. Like I like to understand how things work and some things just aren't, you know, easily put in constructs. And so they require a lot of good conversation yeah. around them. So I'm more than happy to have plenty awesome. of those with well, you. Well, I brother, have a good night and thanks for giving up uh, almost two hours of your time. 
and we'll pick this up again yeah. uh, in the next week or two. All right. All right thanks, Jimmy. Lance. Thanks, right, man. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Good.